You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadoulou. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadoulou, and we are getting very close to wrapping up my offensive power rankings of the NFL within every team's division. Today, I'm focusing on the AFC West, uh, a division that I expect to be a little bit more testy to discuss. I got a lot of flack regarding what I said about the AFC North from Lions fans. I had Vikings fans coming in to defend their honor in there. Uh, It was quite a show. And if there was another division that I would pick to give me a similar reaction, probably going to be this one here. So a lot to discuss, a lot to get into. Make sure you comment down below. Give me your rankings for these offenses. Again, this is just the offenses. It seems to be something people are missing too. I'm not ranking the teams entirely in the division. This is just regarding the offenses and how I rank them. So give me your rankings. Give me your thoughts and opinions on them. Thoughts and opinions on my rankings, and we shall discuss. But diving right into the very first team here, we'll start from the bottom and work our way up to the top. The number four team that I have listed in the AFC West goes right to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, my Raiders fans, I have you below even the Broncos. Let's discuss first before I give you my full-blown reason as to why that I just can't seem to get past. Obviously, when you look at as far as the passing game goes, Jimmy Garoppolo looks to be good to go and will be QB1 for this team moving forward. Being in Josh McDaniel's system, I would say is a plus for him. That is where he kind of cut his teeth in the NFL during his time on the New England Patriots when Josh McDaniels was still around over there. So I think this is a plus for him in this situation here. But there is going to be a little bit of changing to look at here. Darren Waller, who was a big piece of the offense, and I know last year dealt with some injury stuff, but was a big piece of the offense prior to Devontae Adams showing up is now gone. You're going to be tasked with replacing some of his production with either Austin Hooper, who you brought in this offseason, or tight end Michael Mayer, the rookie from the second round that you drafted. So I'll be looking at that to see who ends up stepping up and filling into that role, but also a couple of questions as far as the receiver room goes. A little bit of changing going on. Obviously, Jacoby Myers joins the fray, another guy who played under Josh McDaniels in New England. Uh, On top of that, Devontae Adams, still a good season last year, but I don't think quite the Devontae Adams-esque type of season you've come to expect from Devontae Adams. So I have a question for him as to, is he able to regain that Green Bay form that we initially saw from him, or not initially saw from him, but started to see from him over his later years in Green Bay. And then of course you have Hunter Renfro over there, one of the most reliable slot receivers, I would say, in the NFL. Love his game. Appreciate what he does. I think a guy that's kind of criminally underrated because of being on the Raiders. And that's no hit to you Raiders fans. It's just kind of how I look at it. But over Overall, I think you have a solid group to look at as far as the passing game goes. And in terms of the run, you have Josh Jacobs, but the question mark is, will you have Josh Jacobs? There was obviously that running back meeting that happened, uh, what was it, this past weekend where they all kind of got together and discussed the state of pay and what have you and how things are being handled in contract negotiations. Josh Jacobs is one of the only people left from that group that uh, has yet to really sign anything And at this point, is he going to hold out? I don't know. I don't think so. But I mean, I guess it's a possibility. But 
I mean, you look at Josh Jacobs and what he brought to this offense last year. I mean, career high, 2,053 total yards. He had 12 touchdowns, 5.2 yards per touch, which is also a career high as well. I mean, if he ends up sitting out, you're looking at Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, and Zamir White to be the guys to kind of pick up the slack and load. And I just don't quite know if that running back group has 2,000 plus yards of scrimmage in the tank. I could be wrong. You do have a pretty solid offense over there with the Raiders. I will say that. This is definitely a group to keep an eye on here. One of the more underrated groups, I would say, because things didn't go so well for Vegas last year. I think some people kind of missed the fact that there was some pretty good improvement as far as the offensive line goes. You were ninth in the league in terms of sacks allowed at 35, and that's ninth least, I should say. Colton Miller obviously has been a stud the last couple of years at the left tackle spot. I think Dylan Parham had a good showing his rookie season. He does need to work on the pass protection side of things. He did allow six sacks according to PFF, so that does need to get worked on a little bit, and I'm curious to see what exactly happens at the right guard spot, but overall, I mean, the offensive line line looked pretty good last year and uh, I don't expect regression I expect at the very least to be the same maybe a little bit better if things really go their way but with all that being said why am I sitting here at number four and it just really comes down to one simple thing and that is Josh McDaniels I don't want to sit here and say that he can't be a good coach and head coach I should say in the NFL however I was not the biggest fan of this signing going into last year, and I kind of felt like I was proven right in my feelings. I I looked back to what happened in Denver and was just, you know, he is an excellent offensive guy, excellent offensive coordinator. I, growing up in the New England area, got to witness firsthand what he was able to do with Tom Brady and the Patriots offense over the years, and very glad that I got to see that. Not even a Patriots fan, but it was still very enjoyable to watch just how dominant they were. Now, as a head coach, though, I, it almost just feels like he's a little in over his head. And I don't quite know if he is the guy for this team. And while everything in theory sounds like it should work on paper, you're only as good as the product you can put out on the field. And what we saw last year wasn't great. Yes, you have Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy who's played in his system now, who some, you know, his supporters say is a guy that just seems to win. Uh, whether you want to credit that to him or the defenses over in San Francisco is to and the talent over there on offense is totally up to you. But I'm just not quite sold on Josh McDaniels. And it makes me worried that we're wasting some really good talent in Las Vegas. That's why I have him at number four. Feel free to argue away in the comments on that one, Raiders fans, but I just can't quite buy in to Josh McDaniels leading this team right now. And I'm a little bit concerned going into year number two. Looking at the team that I have at number three, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Now, this one here. Uh, why do I have Denver over the Raiders? Obviously, the big point being that Josh McDaniels, not necessarily the biggest believer in him as a head coach. Again, excellent offensive coordinator. I think he knows offense inside and out. Not quite sure that head coaching is going to be the long-term thing for him. Now, when I look at the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett last year was one of the absolute biggest problems, along with Russell Wilson not performing nearly where anyone expected to see from him. Uh, now that we have Sean Payton coaching the Broncos, I feel a lot better about what's going on over there in Denver. You're getting Tim Patrick back, who you lost literally during last preseason. You didn't even get to take a snap. You guys signed him with a contract extension, and then boom, you lose him for the year. Awful situation. Excited to see how he fits into this offense under Sean Payton. If anyone's going to be able to utilize him and maximize his ability, think Sean Payton could do it. 
This is going to be, I think, a make or break type of season for Jerry Judy as well. And I'm a guy that's, I've, I like the skill set that Jerry Judy has, aside route running combination. It, I like everything that he has and brings to the table. It's just a matter of, can he put it all together? And again, thought process here is if anyone is going to be able to get his most out of him, it's going to be Sean Payton and his offense. You also have Greg Dolchich in there. Curious to see if he'll be able to take the next step. I look at what he was able to do with Jimmy Graham while he was in New Orleans. And again, another situation of, Jimmy Graham left New Orleans, not nearly the same. I feel like you have some good examples of guys looking really good under Sean Payton that did not look so good elsewhere. I think he could take Greg Dolchich, and maybe you don't get quite the height of Jimmy Graham numbers, but you get a guy that's fairly utilized as a guy that's going to find success in an offense where Sean Payton loves to use his tight end if he can, and I think things will go really well for this group. I think it's going to look better than last year. I don't necessarily know if it's going to go sky high like expectations were going into last season, but I do expect to see some improvement here. And while I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be a massive career resurgence to, for Russell Wilson in his career, I think that things are going to go a little bit better having a guy who's very firm as a head coach and Sean Payton, who's kind of stomping out some of the little things that seem to have kind of gotten in the way last year. Running game, of course, will be interesting to watch as well. You're getting Javante Williams back. Really liked him as a running back a couple of years ago. So the fact that you ended up losing him, I think, really hurt this team ultimately. Running back room did not really impress once he went down. You also went and dished out some money and grabbed yourself Samaj P. Ryan, who I thought was an excellent compliment piece to Joe Mixon over in Cincinnati. So big plus there. Excited to see what they do as a duo. And then the offensive line, receiving some reinforcements. This is a group that needed some serious help. They led the leagues, uh, excuse me, the league in sacks allowed last season with 63 altogether. You're also 21st in rushing yards total at about 114 yards a game. So this was a group that really needed some help here. Going out and getting offensive guard Penn Powers and then right tackle Mike McGlinchey from San Francisco. I think this is a team that has a lot of upside and I'm really excited about the potential of it. And with just my feelings towards Las Vegas right now, I think that the future feels a little bit brighter in Denver right now. And so that's why I have them edging out very slightly, not a massive gap between the two, but edging out the Raiders for that number three spot. Now, the top two. This is where I think things get really interesting because the Chargers on paper stacked to the, to the absolute brim. The Chiefs are the Chiefs at this point here. How do you decide between, on paper, the Chargers looking phenomenal, and then you go with the Chiefs that, again, have won now two Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes there and Andy Reid in that combo. You have some excellent talent over there offensively. Who do you go with? What do you like more? The team that just, on paper, I would argue, on paper, not in actual on-field action, but on paper has a strong argument to be a better team than Kansas City or do you go with the team that is proven and has given you the results, what feels like year in and year out at this point since Patrick Mahomes has taken over the reins? Well, you go with putting the Chargers at number two. This was one where I seriously, seriously considered having the Chargers at number one because, again, I firmly believe that on paper, when you lay out the depth charts on these two teams and you look at them, the big thing that really stands out, you have two really good quarterbacks between these two teams here. 
I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. I know that some people call him the social media quarterback or whatever it is, a guy that just, you know, kind of pads stats. And I kind of find it funny that like this is happening to Justin Herbert after I feel like the same thing was kind of said about Philip Rivers during his heyday as well, because he was competing with the likes of guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, all those guys that were winning rings. Whereas like he was just a guy that had really gaudy numbers, really good completion percentages, things like that. But you have a stud at quarterback. So do the Chiefs. But then you look at the wide receiver room compared to what Kansas City is fielding right now. And on paper, I mean, how do you not love the wide receiver room that is going to be fielded this season in L.A.? You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams. You went and spent a first-round pick on Quentin Johnson as well. Johnston as well, excuse me. You have Josh Palmer. You have Jalen Guyton, who's a deep threat, who unfortunately got hurt. And he is a burner. He's a guy that can blow the top off of defenses. You look back to that touchdown pass that Justin Herbert threw to him. I think it was like 65 yards, 70 yards, like in the air, traveled, whatever that ridiculous number was. I think it was 65 air yards. Um, And he threw against the Giants. I mean, there is a lot to love. And then Austin Eckler, you're running back who can be a borderline receiver if you need him to be there is so much to love about the receiving room altogether and I don't know how you can't sit there and say you know there is like a good argument that on paper this team could be better than the Chiefs and then of course the running game like I mentioned Austin Eckler is one of the most criminally underrated running backs in the NFL Uh, I know people love him for fantasy I don't do fantasy football but I am a fan of Austin Eckler, and I have been pounding the table in support of this guy for the last few years. I don't know how anyone sits there and says anything negative about Austin Eckler or just doesn't give him the praise that he so rightly deserves as being like a top three running back in the NFL. His production is absolutely ludicrous. And in a market right now where running backs are struggling to find the money that they want, and Austin Eckler being one of those guys, very unhappy with his deal. We kind of saw that situation unfold a little bit earlier in the year. Austin Eckler, in the last two seasons, 587 touches, 3,195 total yards, 38 total touchdowns, and he averaged about five and a half yards per touch. This guy is a bona fide workhorse and an engine if not the engine of the Chargers offense. I know it's all about Justin Herbert and the NFL is all about the passing game right now, but a lot of the Chargers offense goes through Austin Eckler. And out of all the running backs that are upset about the money that they're earning, Austin Eckler, I think, has the biggest argument. He can do it as a receiver, as a running back. He can do it literally all for the Chargers and deserves all the money and then some. If anyone deserves a type of contract that like Ezekiel Elliott got a few years ago, or even somewhat close to it, because that's obviously not going to be realistic anymore. Whatever, whoever's getting paid as the highest paid running back in the NFL, the argument belongs right now to Austin Eckler. And I will pound the table about that. And then you got Joshua Kelly, excellent running back too to him. There is so much to like about this offense. Offensive line is really good. I really don't even need to get into them too much. Rashawn Slater is going to be back. That's going to be huge for them. I think uh, Jamari Saylor, he was a six round pick in 2022. He did a solid job at left tackle. It sounds like he's going to slip on over to the right side there. So it'll be curious to see how he goes from left tackle all the way into right guard and how moving around that's going to affect him. Zion Johnson, I think, is going to benefit from having Rashawn Slater playing to his left here. He needed a little bit of help in the passing game, and I think working alongside Slater is going to be big for him. And, of course, Corey Lindsley, who has been phenomenal for them since he's come from Green Bay. 
There is so much to like about this offense, and I have such a hard time arguing against the Chargers. Again, on paper, this team is ridiculous, but they have been throttled by injuries and have fallen apart, and I feel like that's why it's, for me, there is that concern there where you couldn't really get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on the field at the same time last year, and I know it's a new year. You can hope that that, those injury issues are behind you, but you never really know, and how on earth can you sit there and say, all these great things, but then not go, yeah, but the Chiefs just keep getting it done. And that's why they're my number one offense. I can sit here and go on and on about how much I like the Chargers offense. I love the Chargers offense. Again, on paper, it's like, it's a dream. If you're somebody who likes to play Madden, one of my favorite teams to use in there because you just have a litany of talent to work with. But at this point, if Patrick Mahomes is slinging the rock for you, you're probably guaranteed the number one spot in your division. And I have a really hard time arguing against him. Travis Kelsey being his tight end at his age is still one of the best receiving threats, period. This is both wide receiver and tight end in the NFL right now. He plays the game like a quarterback at the tight end spot, the way he reads defenses and works with Patrick Mahomes to get himself open. The wide receiver room, like I said, this is where the Chiefs do kind of take a little bit of a step behind the Chargers. You have, obviously, Marquez Valdez. Valdez Scantling, you have Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, Richie James coming in from the Giants is someone that I think is going to be a really fun watch for the Chiefs. You went and drafted Rashi Rice in this draft as well. There's obviously not like a true number one, but I think you look at Travis Kelsey as kind of like your true number one in a rare situation where your tight end is the number one wide receiver on your team. So while you don't have a true wide receiver one, I guess you do kind of have it in Travis Kelsey there. But the running back room is where I really, really, really love Kansas City. For a team that's all about their passing numbers and what they can do through the air, Isaiah Pacheco wound up being a massive steal. Massive steal. I cannot wait to watch him grow and grow and grow over the next few years in Kansas City because I think last year was just the beginning and we're about to really see what Pacheco can do this year. A lot of people got caught by surprise by him, myself included on that one. Very excited to see what he does. And then the guys behind him as well, proven guys that are veterans that can get the job done in situations need be. Uh, Jarek McKinnon being a big part of that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, a little bit of a comeback down to earth, I would say for him kind of had a, 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 like a big start and then kind of slowed down a little bit. And Isaiah Pacheco wound up taking the RB one spot over him. But I still think it's a guy that you can count on in key situations. And then he went and got, and this is a guy that I really like here. And I'm excited to see that there's already things kind of being said about him coming out of chiefs training camp is undrafted free agent running back generic Prince. That's a guy to keep an eye on. And I'll just leave it at that. And then the offensive line, this is where things get a little bit shaky, and I might give a slight edge to the Chargers over them, but ultimately I'm trusting in what they're going to be able to cook up over there as far as the offense goes to help kind of mitigate this. But you went and had to get a new left and right tackle this offseason. You signed Jawan Taylor, and he's going to be playing the right tackle from Jacksonville. You have Donovan Smith, who seems to be slated to play left tackle for you, and there is some concern, in my opinion, about having him play on the left side there. But the interior group of the Chiefs' offensive line is so good that it should at least help things out. I mean, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Joe Tooney, an excellent group of guys to have at both the guard spots and in the center position for you. So while I am a little bit concerned about the edges and in an NFL where edge rushers are king, right now you want to be able to defend those guys I'll be keeping my eye on how Donovan Smith does on the left hand side there but I think Jawan Taylor should be excellent on the right side for them and overall this team 
has just done so well between taking pieces out and plugging pieces in and without a true number one wide receiver since Tyreek Hill has been gone has been very just distrib- the ball is distributed so well is basically where I'm trying to get with this. You have Kelsey as your number one guy, but the ball is distributed so well. It makes the attack so balanced through the air. And again, you're finding running backs in areas where you weren't necessarily expecting them to be as good as they were. Isaiah Pacheco being the highlight of that example there. And I just have a really hard time betting against a Kansas City Chiefs team that just came off of a Super Bowl run, putting up 30-some-odd points against the Eagles to win. They're my number one team for right now, but it is a very tight, tight split between them and the Chargers. Again, Chargers fans, it's like this close. So if you're angry and upset with me, whatever, I get it. This is my opinion, though. It's this close, but I'm going to give it to the proven production in Kansas City over the Chargers there. But those are my power rankings for the offenses of the AFC West. Let me know in the comment section down below. Again, thoughts and opinions, all of that would love to discuss with you all. But that is it for me. I appreciate you if you made it to the end of this video. I will catch you all next time. Have a good one.